Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 60 of the SCO Show. Mark Schofield back in the big chair for today, Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. We are into 2020. We are closer and closer each day to the wild card weekend, which kicks off Saturday afternoon. Bills at Texans, and then Saturday night, Tennessee Titans at your New England Patriots, 815. Massive game. We've been covering this one all week. We are going to continue our coverage of the Tennessee Titans by talking about their defense today, focusing on the pass game, the run game, and what the Patriots could do both on the ground and in the air against this Titans defense. Before we do that, though, your usual reminders, please do check out the work at Mark Schofield on the old Twitter machine. Check out places like Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and yes, right here at Pat's Pulpit. Now today's show, we're going to talk about, like I said, what the Patriots can do in the passing game and what the Patriots can do on the ground against this defense. Let's start with this. This Titans defense, somewhat banged up, but might get healthy, at least at one spot, as we get to Saturday. The player there is Dory Jackson, their corner. They look to perhaps have him back. He's been upgraded over the past course of this week, so the, the Titans should get him back. They need help at corner because, look, Malcolm Butler is on IR. Chris Milton is on IR. You know They've been without a Dory Jackson for a little while now, so they've been kind of piecing together the cornerback spot. And it's a defense that, numbers-wise, not too bad. I mean, they're kind of middle of the pack, Against the you know against the passing game, when you look at some of the numbers, for example, adjusted net yards per attempt that they've allowed to opposing passers, that's six point two yards per attempt, which is fifteenth in the league. Fifteenth, actually, looking at it this way, so it is eighteenth in the league. Obviously, the Patriots are best in the league at that. They've given up a quarterback rating to passers of. 90.4, which is 18th in the league. They have an interception percentage of 2.3, which is 16th in the league. They're a middle-of-the-pack passing defense. Now, in terms of quarterback hits, 84, 22nd in the league. Quarterback sacks, they are actually a little bit better there, 43rd, which is 14th in the league. So it's kind of a middle-of-the-pack pass defense. 
conceptually, schematically, this is a heavy single high coverage team. They are overwhelmingly cover one, cover three. That's both from my charting of them and from some data that I got my hands on this week. And they're a cover one, cover three team. They will sprinkle in some cover two. They will sprinkle in some inverted cover two, which has kind of been the in vogue sort of coverage, at least at the start of the season. Teams were playing a lot of inverted two, seeing less and less of that now. So what does that mean conceptually for the Patriots' offense? Against a single high cover one, cover three team, you can expect to see some of their staples. What's the first one that probably comes to mind? Haas. Haas, Haas Juke, Mirrored Haas. It's a perfect route concept to run against single high coverage. If you get cover one and you hope the seam route beats the man coverage up the seam, you get cover three, it's ideal. Especially on mirrored Haas, you get the two inside seam routes that bracket that safety in the middle of the field. You got a hitch route on the outside against a cover three corner. You'll have space in front of that. This is why when they played teams like the Steelers and they spot dropped into cover three coverages, they would could they could run Haas every single play. And so you can expect to see a lot of Haas this week. You can expect to see some flood concepts where you've got sort of that three-level stretch to one side of the field. Maybe you've got the outside receiver runs a go or a corner route. Then you've got a route to the flat, and then maybe a backside route that attacks the intermediate area, maybe a backside dig, backside crosser. It gives Tom Brady that nice sort of three-level stretch. It's a great way to attack cover three because the corner is going to be occupied by the vertical. Then you've got the flat defender that's held in place by the flat route. That intermediate route should break open working across the field. It'll take some time to develop, but it should be there. And, of course, there are ways you can do it. You can do it out of bunch looks where you can get that sort of three-level stretch. A couple of ways the Patriots like to do this. They've got a route concept called Celtic, which is a motion to a three-receiver bunch, and the outside receiver runs a deep corner route. That apex middle bunch receiver, he runs a deep out route, working from 15 yards. When you start your break to a depth of about 20, that inside bunch receiver runs just a quick arrow route at a depth of about three yards. They've got Bruin which is a similar concept. The outside receiver runs either a post or a corner, depending on coverage, middle of the field, open. You know, cover two, for example, he's going to run the post. Middle of the field, closed, like you'd expect. Cover one, cover three teams. Then you'll run the corner route. Then you get that same deep out route, that same little arrow route. They've got Raptor, go route, locked go route on the outside, and then the deep out, and then a pivot route from the middle, uh, trips receiver. So they've got various ways they can run these sort of flood concepts to attack the cover three side of the field, really give Tom Brady a nice three-level stretch. Read one side of the field, great little concept. They've got some similar things. Mills and Yankee, two different designs, but they're basically the same thing. It's a high-low of that middle-of-the-field safety. Mills, it's a post and a dig from the same side of the field. Yankee, we've talked about before. It's a post and then a, a crossing route underneath it. Off, from opposite sides, usually a max protection play-action concept. But again, the thought process there is you have that free safety, middle-of-the-field safety, whether it's cover one, cover three, you read him and throw off of him. If he stays deep, you throw underneath him in front of his face. If he comes down, breaks hard on the route in front of his face, you throw over his head. It's a simple read concept. You need A lot of these, you're going to need some time to get them to develop, but they're great ways to attack single high. The other thing that's important to mention in studying what teams have done against the Titans in recent weeks, a lot of teams have just relied on verts, 
whether it's three verts, whether it's four verts, whether it's in some cases five verts, they've just gone verticals against them. You know, for for example, you know, week 17 against the Titans, there was a play third and 10 at the 4-11 mark of the third quarter where the, um, this is the Texans, excuse me, they went switch verts. So they have a hitch, a crosser, and then switch verts, which is a very nice design out of a, a three-by-one look. The Saints ran a ton of vertical stuff against them. Now, in that Saints game back in week 16, the Texans, I mean, excuse me, the Titans, they ran a lot more cover two, probably because they're worried about Michael Thomas, worried about Alvin Kamara as a receiver. So they ran a lot more cover two. So you saw them, Drew Brees, they ran four verts against the cover two look. If you see that as a quarterback, you see the two high safeties and you're running four verts, you want to still hit some of the inside safeties if you can. If not, try to hit them at a linebacker depth. And if you can't, then you work outside and try to attack the turkey hole deep along the boundary before that safety can rotate over. Four verts, four verts still works against cover two, but it's obviously ideal against cover three because then you get those two inside seam routes bracketing that middle of the field safety. You know, they ran, the Saints did against the Titans, a play-action Yankee against the cover three look and got a huge gain on it. They ran four verts out of a two-by-two look, and they got a touchdown on the Y seam. This was against a cover three coverage. And so vertical route concepts are going to be, I think, part of New England's game plan against them. And so... It's one of those weeks where you sort of bring out the cover three beaters, your hosses, your verts, Yankee, Mills, flood concepts, and then there are ways to sort of attack them in the passing game. Another route concept that I saw that worked against this Titans defense, that verticals with a crosser against, this was the Raiders game, I believe, back in week 14. They went a bunch look where they went three verticals out of that bunch. You have one vertical that bends from the bunch side of the formation to the opposite side and then two verticals. And then you get a crosser underneath from the run from the X receiver working backside. On this play, though, they hit the tight end. They ran it out of a 12 personnel look. They hit the tight end who was working against Logan Ryan, interestingly enough, for a huge gain. In the fourth quarter of that game, they had a, a verticals with a Y crosser, the tight end crossing underneath. They got it against a cover two invert. They're able to hit the crosser. Um, but a lot of teams want a lot of vertical stuff against them because it's a way to attack that single high coverage and give your quarterback some defined and easy reads. The Patriots obviously aren't a huge vertical team, so I'd be stunned if it's a massive part of their game plan. But since it's worked for other teams against this Titans passing game, I think they'll work it into the game plan somewhat. And so those are some of the concepts. Those are what we can expect, at least in my mind, to see from this Patriots passing game. I think they can throw against these guys. Look, I spent the first part of this week worried about their offense. I'm not as worried about the Titans' defense. You know, and it's weird in a sense that, you know, it's not like the Patriots' offense has been lighting up the joint over this last half of the season or anything like that. But I still think that there's enough that this team has faced in the past that they should be able to piece together a good enough game plan to attack this Titans defense. Now, matchups will be interesting if Jackson can go. Wouldn't surprise me to see him perhaps on Nikhil Harry. You know, I know people are already talking about the Logan Ryan 
Julian Edelman matchup. That's been one we've seen in the past. That will be an interesting one. Those guys obviously have some familiarity. So it will be interesting to see the matchups play out. But I do think that conceptually the Patriots should be able to attack this pass defense. As far as the run defense goes, we'll talk numbers, some concepts, and some things to keep in mind as this game kicks off on Saturday night. That's ahead on Episode 60, the 6-0 show of the SCO Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield, back with you now on episode 60 of the SCO Show. And uh, I do want to remind listeners of my friend Coach Vass, at Coach Vass on Twitter, and and the GoFundMe that's been set up um, as Vass is sort of dealing with the aftermath of his mom's untimely passing, um, and he's dealing with some real-life things out in Florida. Um, There's been a GoFundMe, as I said, set up for him to help defray some of the expenses that he's been you know have been dumped in his lap and so if you get a chance to either retweet it or contribute yourself or share it amongst people you know that would be fantastic just wanted to remind listeners about that also schedule going forward for this week we'll have a you know radio rewind on saturday morning we'll have some last minute news and notes in there and you know some things to get ready for from the college game as well and from the scouting standpoint and then we'll have a post-game show sometime late Saturday night, hopefully a glorious victory episode. Um, if not, if it's a melancholy in the infinite sadness show, we will transition immediately into draft mode. Um, I don't want to do that yet, but I've been doing the groundwork, so don't think like I'm going to go into hiding um, because we cover the draft wall-to-wall here as well, not just on this show, but on Pat's Pulpit. All of the podcasts on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network will be doing it. As you probably know, I'll be heading down to Mobile uh, at the end of the month. Um, actually, it's the 20th. I'll be heading down there that Monday. For my first time, I will be going to the weigh-ins. I usually fly in after them, but flying in first thing Tuesday morning has taken its toll on me. I'm a man. I'm 43 today. Yeah. Um, and so getting up at 3 in the morning and then staying up until 2 in the morning, like it, it's a rough first day and it makes it for a rough week. So I'm going to go down early this time. Get myself some beauty sleep down in Mobile on Monday night to get rolling for the week ahead. But speaking of getting rolling, we got to continue rolling on here, talking about the Titans' defense. Let's talk about their run defense. And similar to what we were talking about with their pass defense, good numbers, flaws on film. I I think that's the way to sort of describe this Titans' run D. Because, look, yards per game, they're getting up just over 100 yards per game, 104.5, which is 12th best in the league. As we've talked about, there are some game script stuff there to to keep in mind, but that's pretty good. Yards per attempt, they're also pretty strong in that realm as well. You know, they're giving up just 4.0 yards per attempt, which is seventh best. That's a top 10 number in the National Football League this year. And so those are good numbers as well. In terms of touchdowns allowed on the ground, you know, 20th in the league with just 14. Again, game script and how games play out factors in there. So they're good numbers. But there are flaws on film. The first thing I sort of want to point out is run weak side, attack the bubble. And sort of studying their run defense down the stretch. I saw the teams 
like the Texans, like the Saints, you know, they had some success running weak side against their bubble. And what I mean by that is this. You get a, a situation where you've got, you know, your run strength, your tight end to the right side of the formation, backside, you've just got, you know, center guard tackled and wide receiver to the outside. You'll have sort of a defensive end outside the tackle. You'll have a defensive tackle somewhere in there between the on the head up on the guard maybe or in the A-gap between the guard and the center. And then you get that little bubble with the you know weak side linebacker somewhere in the gap between them. Run at that. Run at that bubble, so to speak. Run weak side. Because you watch, for example, Alvin Kamara had a nice five-yard gain at attacking the bubble weak side um, on an inside zone play. You had another situation where they went a weak side fullback lead, the Saints did. Again, attacking the bubble, attacking weak side. And the Titans have given up plays to the weak side of their run defense. And so that's one thing that I'm sort of expecting to see, whether it's out of single back looks or even when they go with their heavy package with a Landon Roberts. You know, you'll have strength to the right side, for example, with both tight ends perhaps. But then you run weak side, whether it's Roberts leading the way or just a running back, single back, running looks at that weak side bubble. So that's one thing. Another thing that really sort of caught my eye was this. Their linebackers, they're interesting to study because they can make some plays in the pass game. They can make some tackles. They can go sideline to sideline. I'm talking here about Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown. Evans number 54, Brown number 55. But they struggle at times. Get it into run fits. And I know I just got done this week talking about how you know, run fits really aren't my thing. I'm not the best when it comes to run fits. I, I need to learn it better. So I enlisted the help of people like Coach Vass in, in the DMs and showed them some plays about what I was talking about. And for example, there's a play against the Saints. This is a third quarter play, first and 10, 1407. I hope to do a piece on this if I get a chance to, on Thursday today to sort of break this stuff down. But if not, you know, you can look these up, but it's an Alvin Kamara 40-yard touchdown run. And this is a run to the weak side. They've got two tight end, they've got a tight end to the right, a bunch look to the right with a receiver and you know Taysom Hill to the right. It's a run to the weak side. And what happens is they don't fit it right. The defensive tackle at the point of attack, number 90, that's Daquan Jones. You know, he gets blown out of his gap, first of all. He's supposed to be in the play side A gap. And he gets driven out of there. So that's problem number one. The linebacker who's play side, this is Jayon Brown, number 55. He has to get into the B gap to his side of the formation. Again, weak side of the offense. And he races to the B gap, but he ends up overrunning it. But it's not his fault. He's got to fill that B gap. The problem is, number 54, that's Rashawn Evans, he was a first-round pick last year. He's got to fit into that A-gap. He's got to get into that A-gap, not the weak side where they're running, but the opposite A-gap. He's got to get there, but he's slow to do it. And this goes for 40 yards and a touchdown. He's slow to get into the A-gap. Then he tries to come under it where he basically goes through the B-gap instead. He gets taken out by a guard who comes off the combination block on the point of attack. Kamara houses it. You know, they, these linebackers struggle with their run fits. 
against Houston in week 15. There was a play where it's a strong side split zone. Okay, so it's a zone blocking scheme, and it's what we sometimes refer to as split zone, where you have a wing tight end or somebody working across the formation. This is a play second quarter. It's a first and 10 at the 749 mark. And in, on this play, Carlos Hyde goes for seven yards. You might think, oh, that's not that big of a gain. But it's emblematic of what we're talking about. They go split zone. They have a jet sweep action. This is something I'll mention in a second. All the linemen flow to the left. Tight end, wing tight end blocks back to the right. And you've got the linebacker who is slow to fit this, doesn't fit in that backside B gap due to the jet motion. He sort of trails that jet motion. And what this does, it exposes a huge cutback angle for the running back. A little later in this drive, two plays later, Hyde goes six yards, working to the left guard. And again, it's because they don't fit the run fits right. The linebackers don't do it. It's a counter play. And what happens here is you have, they run a counter play to the right side. Hyde takes his steps to the left, then angles this to the right side. He's working towards the right A-gap. Defensive tackle who is in the left A-gap at the snap of the ball, he spills into the right A-gap. So he fills where this ball is going. And number 54, this is Evans. He does it right this time. He's supposed to attack that A-gap that's now vacated, and he does it. But then you need the other linebacker, Brown, to come across and fill into that other B-gap that's now vacant. That's where Evans is leaving. He doesn't do it. Hyde sees that and cuts this back into that vacated B-gap for a huge, well, not huge, but a seven-yard gain, which on first and 10, let's face it, we'll take that. Every, if we could take seven yards on every first down Saturday night, I think we'd take that, right? And so these, these linebackers, they're not good at run fits. And so it creates cutback opportunities in the run game. You know, one more example of this. This is a, a power play against the Texans, third quarter. It is a first and 10 at the 203 mark. And on this play... This goes for 11 yards, and it's power. They've got a puller in front, but he cuts it back. Because the linebackers overcommit here. They don't do a good job sifting through traffic. He sees the huge cutback opportunity as a result, bounces it, starts left, bounces it around the right edge, 11-yard gain. You can cut back on these linebackers because they do such... A slow job, I'll say, at filling their run gap responsibilities. The last thing I'll note about, you know, what I've seen from the Titans in terms of their run defense, toss plays work. Whether it's crack toss, whether it's just power toss where you've got a puller toss or, or a combination of the two where you get the crack and the pull, they work against this team. You can run to the edge on them on power and crack toss plays. And we know the Patriots like to do that. They like to get Mason working in front. They like to get Joe Dooney working in front. And so I think toss plays will be a big part of what they do on the ground. And so if I'm Josh McDaniel sitting down, scripting out my first 10, my first 15, my game script, the plays I'm going to want to have in there, I'm going to want to have some just basic inside zone stuff, see if those cutback opportunities are there. I'm going to want to have some lead zone, perhaps with Landon Roberts. Again, working to the weak side. 
Show them strength to your right. Run weak side, inside zone to the left. You know, see if you can attack that bubble the way other teams have done it. Then I'm going to want to have a toss play in there in my first scripted 15. In terms of some passing stuff, I'm going to want to have some Haas in there and see how they defend it. I'm going to want to have Mills. I'm going to want to have a Yankee play in there. You know, to try to get that free safety, you know, bracket him with a high-low. And I'm going to want to have a verticals route in there. I know the Patriots aren't a huge verticals team, but I want to see how they're going to defend it. And so those are the things that I think will be a big part of their game plan. If I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm going to be calling them early and hopefully often as Saturday night turns closer to Sunday morning. But that will do it in terms of the meat and potatoes of my week here. Next you'll hear from me on the mic is game day. Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind on Saturday morning. We'll recap some college stuff. We'll get you caught up with news and notes and get you ready as ready as we can here for Saturday night. Don't forget, check out all the work we're doing on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, all that good stuff. It's been a holiday week. It's been a strange week, but we're covering this game as best as we can. Not one we expected to cover, but like everybody else in this organization, we do our jobs. And so I hope you've enjoyed the content this week. I hope you had a, a tremendous start to your new year. And until next time, friends, please keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Foxborough.